This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, Distinctive Traits Between a Good and a Bad Mother. We must recognize that life is not just about us. We have to learn to be selfless. It does not come naturally. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3. Here is a passage about Solomon who became king at the young age of 20. He was 20 years of age when he became king. And he will reign for 40 years. And it is during this reign that he faces a challenging situation. It's recorded in this third chapter of 1 Kings, beginning at verse 16. It says, now two women who were harlots came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, oh my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth and we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. Get the situation. These two harlots, these two women of the night have both become pregnant and give birth to two sons within three days of each other. They only live in a house. There's no man, there's no husband, no boyfriend around. And they give birth to these two sons And in verse 19 it says, and this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him the night. So she rose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, There he was dead. But when I had examined him in the morning indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no, but the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. He is in a situation where he has to do something and to determine how to resolve this issue. These two women are fighting over a living child. One child has died, the other one is alive, and they are debating, wrestling over who's the mother of this child. I want to talk to you a few moments about the traits, the distinctive traits between a good and a bad mother. There are some traits. There are some indications, some indicators. There are some some characteristics. This is not an exhaustive list, but just a list that I want to find, just a few things that I want to see in this particular case. Now, first of all, before I address it, I want to spend just a few moments talking about the fact of what a child is. I think it's important that people understand that the responsibility of being a mother is a serious responsibility. A child is not your toy or your prize. A child is not to be used as a pawn in your debate with their father. (laughs) 
Children need nurturing, developing, teaching, discipline. Unfortunately, our culture and our community has lost the art of mothering. We live in a generation where people are leaving their kids to raise themselves and not raising their kids. And if you're not careful, the kids will raise you instead of you raising the kids. My mother never asked me what I wanted for dinner. She didn't fix dinner according to what my wishes or desires were. She made dinner and put it in front of me. If I didn't like what she put in front of me, she put some Reynolds wrap around it and stuck it in the refrigerator. And when I got hungry later that night because I hadn't eaten, she brought it back out and said, here's your dinner. I wish I had a praying crowd with me here today. This is the responsibility of parenting. So Solomon is faced with these two mothers who have given birth to these, these sons and one of the children has died in the night. And now they're debating about whose child it is. How does David solve this? I'm glad you asked the question. In verse 24, look at verse 24, verse 23 actually, let me start at verse 23. It says, the king said, here's how he resolved it, the one says, and the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives and your son is the dead one, and the other says, no, but your son is the dead one and my son is the living one. Then the king said, verse 24, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, oh my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him, she is his mother. What is demonstrated in this situation is the king's wisdom, but is what also is demonstrated is the traits of a, a mother, a true mother, a meaningful mother. Yes, these two women had some things in common. They were both prostitutes. They both had a history that they would not be proud of. They both lived in the same house. They both gave birth to sons within three days of each other. They both were without husbands. They both lived alone only with their children and this, their roommate and their, that child. But late in the middle of the night, a horrible thing occurs. One of the women awakens only to discover that her son is dead. He's not moving, he's not breathing, he's not feeding, nursing. There's no kicks, no signs of life, no response to his mama's voice. It was a horrible situation that happened to her. But yet, in the few moments she had, there's demonstrated some traits of both of, uh, of a bad mother. This woman who wakes up in the, in the morning and discovers her child dead, uh, yet when she wakes up, she makes some choices and some decisions, but she demonstrates some traits of a not so pleasant mama. Y'all supposed to say, go ahead and tell us what your traits are, pastor. 
It is not the situation that makes it horrible because some of us, some women have faced the fact that their babies have died. What makes it horrible is her response to the condition that she's faced with. There are many scriptures and many situations recorded in the scriptures where someone faced a horrible situation and their their response was less than admirable. Such is the situation here. She seeks to solve her problem and her fate by quietly sneaking into her housemate's room and switching her dead child with her roommate's living baby. Look at your neighbor and I think up and down your road there's too many people who are willing to switch their their dead situation with your living situation. I can't get no amens in here. I hear y'all. There's tension in the room. Somebody say there's tension in the room. Let me take a moment and look at this ungodly mother and what some of her traits were. Let me start off by saying, first of all, she was careless. Somebody say careless. In verse 19, it says this woman's son died because she laid on him. She was so accustomed to rolling over on something that she failed to realize that what she was rolling over on this night was her own son. If you, if you don't say nothing, nobody will know I might be talking about you. She was accustomed to having something in the bed with her. She was accustomed uh, to being in a situation that now that she had a, a, a child, she didn't realize that that was not some John. I don't know why they call him John. They should call him Bills or Ralphs or Dicks or something like that, but not John. They shouldn't call him Johns. She was not accustomed to the fact that this was not just some man in the bed, a trick, somebody that she would get some money from. She ignored the baby's cry. She didn't recognize that the baby was trying to breathe and stressing, stressing to live and to live. She was not, she was careless. And I hate to tell you, we live in a culture where mothers are careless with their kids. When I hear about 13-year-old boys in the streets in the middle of the night, I want to know where is their mama? Yeah, I know daddies can be irresponsible, but there's something about a woman who has given birth to a child that causes that concern for her child that it ought to be louder and greater, but she was careless. She did not make the adjustments to recognize that I have to sleep differently now. I need to live differently. I need to walk differently. I need to live my life differently than the way I've lived it. She was careless with no concern. But not only was she careless, but she was, point two, deceitful. Look at your neighbor and say, we got a lot of deceitful women in the church. There might be one on your row. See if you can figure out who it is. She did her deed of switching her baby in the night. Some of y'all are wide awake in the night. What are you doing up at night? Why are you accustomed to being up at night? You ought to be asleep. She arose, verse 20, in the middle of the night and took my son, the lady said, from my side while your maidservant was sleeping, and laid her in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. She did her dirty deed at night. Somebody said she was deceitful. Verse 22 says, uh, 
when the woman confronted and shared the story, verse 22 says, the other woman said, no, but the living woman is my, the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. One of them is lying. One of them is not telling the truth. You know, I think it's tragic for somebody to want their pain to also be somebody else's pain. It's tragic, it's sad to hear this deceitful woman was willing to not only steal this other baby, but she was willing to lie about it, be dishonest about it. You know, uh, many, many, many mothers are willing to live lies live dishonestly, live deceitfully. She thought she could get away with it. I'm amazed today, I'm shocked, surprised at the number of women who are willing to live deceitful lives. Here's the third trait of this ungodly woman, she was selfish. Somebody say selfish. She was even willing to see the, 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 the living child die and killed. She wanted to see the other woman being pained, that somehow that would satisfy her pain. She was selfless because she didn't care how meeting her needs, how it would impact other people. And today we live in a culture again where people are only concerned about themselves. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it ain't about you, baby. Life ain't about you. Life does not center around your wishes and your wants. I know y'all have heard me say this before, but let me just say it again. I hate to keep bringing it up, but I, it comes to my recollection that one time my wife and I was in an intense fellowship. And she said to me, John Jenkins, the problem with this marriage is we are both in love with you. Please don't encourage her foolishness. It's so easy for us to get selfish in our lifestyle and our wants and our wishes, but somewhere down along the pike, you and I have to recognize that life is not about you. Look at your neighbor, tell them one more time, it ain't about you, baby. It's not about your wants, it's not about your wishes, it's not about your satisfaction. Go ahead, tell them. It's not about your dreams and your aspirations. Life is not about you. It's not about everybody else sacrificing for you. It's not about everybody sending around what you want. This woman, she should have been showing grief that her child was dead. She should have been crying that her child had died. She should have been grief stricken, but she was not. She thought, how can I switch out my baby with this other woman's baby and I'll be happy. She was willing to take from somebody else in order to get her needs satisfied. I'm here to try to kill the spirit that make people think that it's all about you. She immediately devised a plan to swap out the babies. And I want to say to you today, and pray that God would change some of us from ungodly traits to godly traits. Thank God for the godly mother. This godly woman demonstrates some godly traits. 
She says, let me, let me just talk about her. She, number one, she was careful. This godly woman was careful. Somebody say she was careful. She said in verse number 21, and when I rose in the morning to nurse my child, there he was dead. But when I had examined him, she was so careful that she knew her child. And she knew that the child that was now un, that in bed with her was not her child. I need to spend just a moment and talk about this because I think there's a tragedy today that a lot of mothers don't know their children. And I've learned this since we started a school at the First Baptist Church of Glenar and Shabbat Ministries that a lot of the parents and the mothers don't know their kids. When we tell them what their kids have done or what their kids are doing, they say, oh no, that could not have been my child. I will never forget when Jimmy, Jimmy, my son Jimmy, Jimmy, I hate to use you, Jimmy, you, you're, on the, you're on display today, Jimmy, you're on display today again. Because you know, the truth of the matter is, if we had had Jimmy first, there would be no other kids in the story. Jimmy, Jimmy was the one who created the drama. Jimmy was the one with the strong will. Jimmy was the one who, it doesn't matter if we told him no, he said yes. He was going to figure out a way to get what he wanted, even if it meant he tried to pit his, mo his mom and I against each other, even if it meant he had to go behind our back. He was the one. And so when the teacher put on the progress report that Jimmy had behavioral problems when he was in school, we knew it was possible to be true. We didn't go to the teacher and say, no, not, not, not Jim Jim. Couldn't not possibly have been Jim Jim. Uh, or, or we didn't try to put the blame on some other child where he did this because that child did this or that child did that. We knew that Jimmy was fully capable of what the teacher said he did. And I don't know how this has happened, but over the years, somehow or another, something has gotten a hold of Jim Jim, and he's a new man today. He's traveling the world, doing the work that God has given to his hands. Just got back from Qatar, doing some work in Qatar, and I'm so proud that he is not the young man he used to be, and I gotta blame the belt and the switches that helped to drive him to become the man that he is today. And I want to say to mothers, you got to be careful with your children. Know your child. I like this woman. She says, when I examined my child. Do y'all see that in verse 1, the 21? She said, I had examined him in the morning, and indeed he wasn't my son. I had checked him out. I had looked him over, and I knew his traits, and I knew about him. And I want to say to mothers today, be the mothers that know what's going on in your child's life. Know who their friends are. Grab the earphones and find out what kind of music they're listening to. See what kind of shows they're watching. Find out who they're e e emailing. And I know there's a philosophy that says that a child should have a level of, of, of privacy and that parents shouldn't be able to delve into what they're doing. The devil is a liar. 
as long as I'm paying the bills, as long as I'm putting roof on their table over their head and putting full food, food in their stomach and clothes on their back, I will look at anything I want to look at at their parents. I have a responsibility to do that. <laughs> Can I get an amen right there from anybody? Yeah, children, I'm trying to tell you, you don't, you don't have no rights. You have no rights. Go ahead and call the police if you want to. I'm, I'm, I'm over time, I'm sorry. Here's the second track, I gotta hurry up. I could spend a few more moments on this, but let me run over to the next one. Let me talk about this. This godly mother was truthful. I, I wanna say to parents, your child is listening to you on the phone and in your conversations. You teach them to lie when somebody calls you and you tell the child when they answer the phone, tell them I'm not here. <laughs> Y'all should have said amen on that point right there. You're teaching them that there are situations where it's okay to lie. They get their example from the model that you set in front of you. Be truthful. Tell your neighbor, be truthful. In the face of a bad situation, this woman spoke truth. Too many people will tell a lie in order to protect themselves. Then thirdly and finally, this woman was, this mother was unselfish. And I, I admire her as I bring this message to a close. I admire her because she was willing to do without the pleasure of raising her son if it meant that her son lived. Let me break that down for you. The king said, bring me a sword. I'm gonna cut the baby in half. And she said, let my child live. Even if it meant that she would not have the pleasure of having the child, she was willing to give the child to the other mother even though it was her child. She was willing to surrender it just so that the child will live. That's what a good mother does. She sacrifices her own pleasures in order and to be unselfish and to think about what's in the best interest of their child. And that's what motherhood is all about. Making a choice and a decision that's in the best interest of your child. Not what's in your best interest, but what's in the best interest of your child. I look up and I look back over my life 11 years ago today, 11 years ago on Mother's Day, my mama passed. I got a text after preaching the first service that morning that my mother had transitioned. And immediately my mind went through all of the things that my mother did over the years to take care of me, to love on me and my siblings. I think about how she served and worked and cooked and took care of us when we were sick. She, she sacrificed her own pleasures to see that we were taken care of. Yeah. 
This mother showed compassion and care for her child by saying, if it means that I will not have the pleasure of having my child, but that my child will live, let my child live. The other mother demonstrated that she was not the mother of that living child because she was willing to see the child die dead. I'm so glad today that that same trait resides in our Lord and Savior who thought about our needs that he was willing to die so that we could have eternal life. I wish I had a praying crowd. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace was laid on him. He died so we could have life. He was buried in the grave so we could have a relationship with the Father. He died and was buried and thanks be to God, he knew that if he died, Jesus knew that if he died, God would raise him up from the dead. And in fact, that's why I serve Jesus because he proved, he has proven and he has demonstrated that he's God wrapped up in human form. He conquered death early on Sunday morning. He got up with all power in his hands. He is alive and well. Somebody say he's alive and well. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Motherhood is about making the choice that's in the best interest of your child, not in your best interest. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.